Um, okay, wait. I my mic is And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and diss tracks. My name is Bob. I'm Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. Uh, first, though, we're going to talk about diss tracks because it's been a big week for them following Pusha T's brutal takedown of Drake, which a is- famed child actor. I assume that Drake listened to in his home office yes. in between rounds of Fortnite. Yes, he he turned off the Fortnite. He said, Ninja, I got to go. They're, they're pinging me about something. And then he just wept for the next 48 <laughs> hours because it was so savage. Um, so diss tracks, Matt, what is your opinion on them? I'm not super familiar with them, I have to admit. I like um, Fleetwood Mac in, to a degree, in part because, uh, like, uh, I would say, like, Lindsey Buckingham slash Stevie Nicks era Fleetwood Mac, because they have a lot of diss tracks, you know, on that, geared... Ad- against one against another. Against one another. <laughs> Interband diss tracks. Which is, like, if you look at, like, Tusk, which <laughs> came out, you know, a little while after they broke up, like, all of Lindsey Buckingham's songs are, like, I knew I was right, and <laughs> you're going to... Reg-. Like, they're, they're literally all, like, these... De- like statements whereas like stevie nicks are songs about being like i'm you know i'm like a storm or like much more ethereal i am like, much more powerful than people, anything yeah, that you would bring me people down are to. complicated and yeah. his are just like you were wrong <laughs> you were wrong <laughs> so that's my favorite diss track album probably is would be tusk by fleetwood mac that's awesome okay wait are there video game diss tracks that's a good question i would say uh yes I'm going to I'm going to point to Cow Clicker, um, which Ian Bogost made at oh. the height of Farmville, <laughs> um, and it was like a Facebook game where you just clicked a cow, and that was it. But there was some element where it was like you could pay to have more clicks, and he did the thing as a joke because it was like, oh, Farmville is packed with these dumb transactions, and you're actually just waiting for things to happen, yeah. So you can click more. Uh, and it was like you could pay so you could click the cow more. And the dark part came in when people actually started paying him to click the cow more in his joke game. <laughs> I bet that that, that that probably was a, an astonishing amount of money that we don't know about that hopefully went to some sort of a agricultural charity. Charity. Yeah, I went to yeah. the 4-H club. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, cow so clicker. Cow Check clicker. It out. It's a diss track. I don't know if you still can. Is Farmville a going concern, do we I think? Can, I assume that it's continuing. I hope so for all of the farmers. You know, that's what people don't talk about in this country. The the humble farmers uh, and their bills. (laughs) (laughs) The humble farmers of Facebook. Yes. uh, Generally speaking, they traffic in data. Anyway, uh, do you want to talk about video game news? I actually really do because it's been a little while. It's been an incredibly long time. So uh, listeners might know that we did not release an episode on our scheduled time in this past two weeks. We didn't. You're Um, right. We actually recorded an episode. We did. You're right. It was a mailbag. It was. You're right. And we uh, really got to the heart of a lot of hard-hitting issues that people wrote Uh, into us about. You're less right about that. Well... we did what we could. No, we answered a lot of mail. Yes, an incredible amount. I was actually shocked by how much had come in. And uh, 
really what an enlightening conversation it was for the both of us. And we recorded this several weeks ago. Yes. And I edited the entire thing. Yeah. Forgot to post it. Went on a honeymoon after getting married. And now I think it's just lost to the sands of time. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do the news. So long. All right. So this is a uh, completely incomplete list of the news that happened during the past month. You have two pieces of paper that I you're reading from. I have two pieces this of paper. This is unprecedented. It truly <laughs> is. Yeah. Uh, number one, Rage 2. Because why not? It's more Rage, Matt. Uh, you might remember Rage as I do. a 2011 game released by id Software. It's the boomerang simulator. Yes, it is. It's a game where you go across the outback and boomerang dudes in the face. It's really satisfying to use that boomerang. I actually think that Rage is a very good game. I that agree. got kind of uh, unfairly maligned. Well, its, cor- it's corridor sections are pure id satisfaction. Yes. Like. It, I think that to a degree that most people are not acknowledging... It definitely feels like a game that came before the most recent incarnation of Doom, mm-hmm. a game that is very good. Like, it was Carmack's last game. It's at, the uh, last game he was there for. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think that it is. I'm sorry. I think that Rage is a very strong game. I think it has some incredible animations that we should go back and pl- replay it. Really, but amazing. to my memory, like, kind of have not been topped since. I agree. You can read my review of Rage on ZeroStars.co. It's called Killing Monsters. Uh, it's a very good game. I like it, and I played it just last year. Yeah. Or I think last year. So this new good. rage, this new rage, is not being developed by ID, though. No, and they released a very bad live-action trailer. I watched that. I've heard it's very bad. It is. It looks like Borderlands cosplay against a green screen. That's not good. No, unless you really like Borderlands and green screens. I. I'm lukewarm on both. Well, you'd probably be lukewarm on this video. Inexplicably, uh, the next day, following everybody kind of going, what the hell was that? Uh, They released an actual gameplay trailer, which I think is very sharp looking. I watched that as well, but in my memory, I can only remember the live action one, which was so bad that it has actually drowned out the gameplay trailer. That's a shame. So Rage is like an open world shooter game where you drive around in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There are a bunch of tribes of people. Uh, tribes might be a dangerous word to use. Um, <laughs> anyway, you're in the lo- American West. Bands. It's very Mad, Mad Max, it's right? It's extremely Mad Max, yeah. which makes sense because the people developing this uh, are not id, but are actually Avalanche, the people who originally made the first few Just Cause games and most recently made a Mad Max game, yeah. which was received <laughs> people played it you mean uh yes they, that's cool and they thought it was all right they thought it was a game that they could play yeah i've heard my i've heard that the feedback on that game is that much of it is very good including the driving yes and the drive the the uh, vehicle combat is kind of you know up there mm-hmm. you know maybe you know exceptional but that the mission structure is is like original assassin's creed level bland so it's interesting because there was an open world in Rage, and there was actually a bunch of driving and car combat that was, like, okay. But the real game was very linear. It kind of acted like it had an open world with missions and stuff, and it sort of did. I mean, it literally had loading screens in between 
going your, into your places levels. and out. So yeah. you would, it, it was it was actually very old school in like yes. a weird JRPG sense where you would travel a, a world map yes. then reach areas and like load into a doom level yes. and then pop back out which is which is pretty cool like i'm not averse to that so i mean if they can this new one does not look like that is the case no it looks much more like the combat happens in the field it also looks like it is playing for a co-op borderlands feel because you're definitely supposed to be playing with other people if memory serves i you know i don't know if they necessarily indicate that but it looks there are elements of it that look like there would be multiple people in it because there's one of the scenarios where somebody is shooting a b- group of bandits and a car comes in and rams them all. Yeah, there's like a squad feeling to it, whether it's actual multiple multiple people that you're literally playing with online or not, or co-op, couch co-op, we, we, man could dream. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. Uh, the yeah. shooting looks good. That's what I'll say. I'm okay. The shooting looks good, but what do we know based on it? Other than we haven't played Mad Max, we've played some Just Cause. Just Cause is very good at certain things. Shooting, shooting is not necessarily at the top of that list. I'm with you, and you know, Just Cause is good at like environmental traversal. I just want to believe, uh, mainly because I love the color pink and the logo for this prominently incorporates a real sharp looking pink it is uh, i feel like the colors are trying a bit too hard but they are but sometimes so am i uh anyways just not on this podcast yeah no here i'm just totally cool as a cucumber <laughs> fallout 76 is an online survival game that's a new headline um i'm very into this i heard about this so okay. a new fallout was announced we're gonna hear more at e3 which is just in a which we're the reason we're having all this news. It's like I a assume. week away. Yeah. I, I assume that we're going to hear more at E3. I Online, meh, survival, I'm all in. Yeah. So it, apparently this is a game in the Fallout universe that is going to act more like a DayZ or a Rust. So one of those games where you show up, you're naked, you find stuff, and it's kind of like an MMO or like roguelike where if you die, you lose everything. It's a weird systems sort of thing it is like it is in its own way i think that those games are very um what's the the word that i'm looking for like a like a system shock or prey immersive uh, immersive sim that's there's this element that's always been played with 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 uh pretty much almost any bethesda game with the skyrim and the fallout titles where they are not actually immersive sims but they kind of play with some of the systems of immersive sims and if you were to incorporate some survival elements to it it would only add to that and it my two favorite like pet genres of mine would be immersive sims and and survival games yeah so there's a part of me that is very excited about this i'd probably be more excited if it were developed by a team that wasn't the team that made fallout 4 and i assume that this is being made by the fallout 4 people i actually don't know who's working on it i'm very curious about it though it's not it's not like arkham it's not it's not like the prey people or the dishonored arcane arcane yeah yeah um my mistake i'm sorry arcane the listeners accept your apology uh i'd be more excited about this without question if it were being because i think that fallout 4 is sort of a disappointment although the gunplay is is improved i'm very curious to know what the combat in this is like that's going to make or break it but i think this is a good environment for that type of game i would also enjoy an elder scrolls game that used this sort of a framing device so yeah i hope it's successful for them yeah, I certainly without question hope it's successful because I really like Bethesda's games overall and they've had a lot that have flopped. Ish. 
ish. I mean, Prey did not do well. Prey might not have, but I think Doom did. Dishonored and... 2 did not do well. That's a good point. Dishonored 2 and Prey did not do well. Um, but that's I mean, just Arcane had struggles. Arcane had struggles, but I, I mean, I guess Doom did do well. Um, I think so. But these are all underneath the Bethesda banner. But I think that both, I think Dishonored 2 is a very good game. I think that Prey is a deeply underrated game. I appreciate that Bethesda continually seems to use Fallout and Skyrim to bankroll a lot of other projects they find interesting yes, that well might not be super successful, which I think Nintendo kind of does as well, where you get your arms and your splatoons, and it's just like, don't worry, Zelda will make the money. Go make what you want. Although I think that there was a lot of expectation that Dishonored was going to make money. I think or so. Dishonored 2, rather. I, that game felt and looked very expensive. Yeah, and it's a good game. It's a game that's totally worth checking out, especially that and Prey are both exceptionally cheap, I feel like, pretty yes. much anywhere. And I, if you if you like, if you ever feel like you kind of miss Bioshock... Kind of all the time, but which is going. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 go play those games. Yeah, especially pa- Parkside can't be here tomorrow. It definitely won't, but maybe the day Dude, after tomorrow. Th- prediction time. Tomorrowland. Do we think that at one of these E3 press conferences, we see a Bioshock logo. Oh, well phrased. Um, we're not going to see any gameplay. No, I'm, I thinking, would be, I'm thinking we like... It's interesting you say Bioshock logo because I'm not even sure what the Bioshock logo is, but do we see the words Bioshock? I guess like I'm thinking a cinematic trailer where we hear a voiceover and we see maybe like water animated and then the water falls away, kind of reveals something different than water. And it just says Bioshock on the screen. I don't know whether we will see the words Bioshock, but I bet that we see some sort of a tease for a Bioshock property. Yeah, that's what I'm That will become clear that it's a Bioshock property. Like the weird, during the video game awards, they had a really weird non-Bloodborne, clearly Bloodborne. That's exactly what I feel. And I would not be surprised if we see that, even if we don't get the words Bioshock put anywhere on screen, because I'm not sure whether they're necessarily going to go and title it right now. I think, well, I, I... I don't think that our bet on whether or not the new Bioshock is just called Bioshock would be settled by this. Yes. But I'm, I'm feeling like it's about time for them to crank up the, the hype th- machine for that one. Worth noting, I think that we both agreed that it was probably going to be called Bioshock. It's going to be called Bioshock. Yeah, but so I don't if know it if it's is, a bet. We literally shook. I guess that we'll just exchange $20. You will give me $20. All right. Uh, you know, we're big fans of Sonic the Hedgehog around I here. I am. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I mean, I see you on DeviantArt all the time. And... Uh, you, as, as well as I, know that the war crime known as the Sonic Cinematic Universe is continuing to be developed, and nobody's stopping that, so we've got casting news. And, until the Sonic Cinematic Universe is based on my Tumblr, I have no interest. <laughs> well, once it's spooled out long enough, they can attempt some R-rated stuff. <laughs> um, James Marsden uh, is going to be starring in the Sonic the Hedgehog of, movie. Of Westworld... And yes. uh, 30 Rock fame. And the CGI rabbit Easter movie, Hop. He doesn't play the rabbit, though. He plays like a friend. He's a friend of the He's rabbit. He's a friend of the CGI we rabbit. We do not know whether or not he has been cast as Man Sonic or Friend of Sonic. I, I am banking on Friend of Sonic. Friend of Sonic, for sure. Okay, I want to... um little detour here. Have you seen any of the movie posters for the film Peter Rabbit? Yes, they I've, sexualized that rabbit hard. The way the there's a there's a poster for the film Peter Rabbit based on the beloved Beatrix Potter book series for children written in the early 20th century and 
one of the movie posters for this is Peter Rabbit, oh. the character, in his blue cardigan, lying open, open, open cardigan. blue cardigan. I mean, I think it was always open. Bare chest, bare chested rabbit lying in a pile of phallic carrots, bed of carrots. Like and he's just like kind of sprawled in it, like very casual. On his back, it's a, it's like a playgirl spread. They knew exactly oh, what they it's were doing. So sexual, and I I think it is one of the best posters ever made for any film ever. I don't know what to make of that. I, I think it's I think it's fucking brilliant. Why? I don't want to watch the movie. Then it's a terrible the, poster. It failed got, at its only job. No, as as a piece of art, if we remove the posters from you want to hang it in your house. Yeah, I'd hang that in my house. Oh man, at least you gave me a good idea for a Christmas gift. <laughs> Right in the bathroom. Woo! Oh, that's a good place for it. Uh, Privacy. I give that the gold frame. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, Sonic the you Hedgehog. You just drop that and go? Yeah. I don't know what else there is to say, but good God. Sonic the Hedgehog starring James Marsden. Do we have any other casting news? Is anybody no, else been cast? We don't know. We don't know who Big the Cat will be played by. <laughs> Who do you think is going to do the voice of Sonic? Do you think that they'll like resuscitate Does George Sonic C. Speak? Scott? What if they like use like Lawrence Olivier? They go back and use like various lines from Lawrence Olivier movies. I'm to uh, what if it's like I bet you it's somebody like Johnny Knoxville or something. No, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tom DeLonge <laughs> as Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that would be the movie I want to see. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so when you're walking to see the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you might be playing some Pokemon Go. (laughs) Uh, I love a Pokemon Go. I know, you're a big fan. Um, So you're probably really excited about the two new Pokemon games that were announced for the Switch. Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which are remakes of Pokemon Yellow. I remember Pokemon Yellow yes. very well. I remember buying that. I also owned Pokemon yeah. Yellow. So Pokemon Yellow was uh, after the original three Pokemon games came out. Uh, the original two, sorry. They yeah. released kind of the supercut, and it was Pokemon Yellow. You got Pikachu as a starter, and he followed you around in the game, and it was very cute. Do you remember how incredibly innovative that felt it to see him following you around? It was great. I mean, how easily pleased we were. Mm. Not as children, but just as, as people who played video games back then. Totally. We, I spent, I bought all those Pokemon games. I mean, assuming that those all went for like 50 bucks each, that's $150 spent on the same game. Yes. Uh, and now you'll be able to buy them again because you can get the two, as because it's a Pokemon game, yeah. there's two versions. They're Eevee and Pikachu. So but the I Pikachu is already Pikachu yellow. Like, are these going to be updated graphics? Yes, or? it's fully 3D. Oh, uh, oh. It's 3D, but it's it's still the isometric angle. Is Lavender Town still haunted? I assume as much. You can. I mean, this is the interesting. games didn't have an isometric angle though. They did. They, it's like that. Like well, whatever. They're the, overhead. Yeah, it's it's that, but they've kind of tilted it because it's 3D now. Okay. But it looks like uh, what a Link Between Worlds kind of. Oh, dope. You that know what I mean? Really cool. It looks yeah. really good. It's the original 151 Pokemon. So they're uh, really banking on nostalgia hard here, but it's going to coincide with Pokemon Go. So I it assume, does because people people know the 151. Hence, let's go is like the pre the prefix on these. Oh. And so the key here is that you can, uh, if you get this physical Pokeball that you can buy, you will be able to use this to transfer Pokemon from your phone into the game. Yeah, but it seems like nine hundred ninety nine dollars MSRP. I'm sure it does but. seem like the game will just be Pokemon as you originally loved it otherwise. But it definitely seems like they're trying to bridge the gap between the casual Pokemon people who have it on their phones and people who happen to own a Switch. 
Um, the interesting thing about this is they kind of undercut this announcement, uh, which I think everybody would acknowledge is sort of the casuals Pokemon yeah. by going, in 2019, there is a real-ass, full-fat Pokemon RPG coming to the Switch, which we assume would use this engine. That's kind of been traditionally mm. what they do is they update the engine, remake an old Pokemon, and then dump a new one using that engine on the console. So I would think it will look like this, but be a totally new game with like a thousand Pokemon in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I haven't played a Pokemon game since the original three. So the danger here is that I kind of want to play this one. Yeah. Because it's the one I know. But I would expect that the new one where they actually get to experiment would be a better game. So I'm not sure how I feel. Oh. You know, we're adults with disposable incomes now. Yeah. So that was two Pokemon RPGs that were announced. And then they also announced this weird free-to-play Switch Pokemon game that looks like Minecraft. And I don't understand like it. Like a and first person? No, it's like all boxy, though. Hmm. And then I just kind of tuned out. Anyways, there's Pokemon. Are we not going to address the Pokemon Pikachu detective movie that's coming out starring Danny DeVito? Or Pokemon P- Pokemon po- po- where book? Pikachu speaks? Yeah, isn't Danny DeVito playing Pikachu? I don't know if Danny DeVito does, but it's a deep voice I've heard. I don't like the idea of Pokemon talking. Oh no, I don't either, which is why the ending of the most recent Pokemon movie where so Ash dies, to you. Yeah, upset I watched so it. many movies. It's it weird. Upset so many people. Oh, and the movies. And so many Pokemon. It upset the movies. It turned them over. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, Pokemon, take it, leave it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we can go on. Yeah, please. Uh, you are familiar with uh, Famous World Wars? Nope. Okay. One of them was the second one. <laughs> Um, people liked it better Why than the first one because the sequel is always better. They can improve. No sophomore slump for World Wars. Anyways, Battlefield 5 is coming out soon. Uh, Battlefield 5, that's Battlefield V, going to be in World War Two. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're pronouncing it wrong. Oh, Battlefield V? <laughs> Battlefield V. Uh, and I'm just going to read you a tweet from the Battlefield 5 Twitter account. No loot boxes. No premium pass. All players have access to the same maps and modes in Battlefield 5. Keep your squad together, no matter the front. I love this because this is the people that brought you Battlefront last year, the Star Wars game with all the terrible loot boxes. This is EA acting as though they're doing you a favor by providing you a full game. It's the same developer as well. Yes. The same as DICE. Everything about it is... It's not that this is disingenuous because this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But it is hilarious to me that they're able to put this out as though it's like, don't worry. Unlike those other assholes. (laughs) We're taking care of you, the consumer. It's so easy for them to do that. It's, I mean, it is. We allow it. Yeah. And and it is, it's a correct, it's a course correction that that's admirable in many ways. The question is, does this mean that there won't be DLC? I would expect that there will be some sort of ongoing support for it and that they'll sell cos- cosmetics. I believe, yeah. actually, I've, I've heard that they will sell cosmetics. I think that's cool. Cosmetics are, I mean, if you look at Fortnite, that's the way to make your game work. And I honestly think that something like a Battlefield, uh, that type of large-scale multiplayer game, I look at Fortnite and I say, why isn't Battlefield just that? Why yeah. isn't it free and you just sell me cool clothes and like I can theme the maps differently? Well, that's because Battlefield still has a single player. 
component, which was lauded in Battlefield One, the yeah. re- the most recent. It was kind of cool. Game. I played a bit of that. I I. I actually never finished. Battlefield 1 might be the only game that I ever bought and played the multiplayer more. Those old Battlefield games, like 42 and the yeah. early ones, none of them had a single player. Yeah. They're they're not built for it. I feel like they're all about the multiplayer. Well, I mean, the, the, the single player was really lauded in, in 1. I played a handful of it. It was very good. I found it a little bit weirdly too hard, but mm-hmm. that's because I was being an idiot and I wasn't playing on the yeah. regular difficulty. But Battlefield 1... I think has is just, and I've talked about this on the podcast. I think that the multiplayer in Battlefield One, the uh, conquest mode, is astoundingly good. Excellent I game. never played anything like it before. The way that you move through um, a large, large space by you know by capturing space in a war then, of inches in a war tr- truly yeah it is and it is it captures and it is um, I think it is also a accurate as a time traveler i can say an accurate depiction of what it felt like it's exactly what it's like to be in real war i mean but the, at the a very perfect least it is, representation. A, it is a stress machine in many ways no doubt it is incredibly loud playing that with headphones is one of the dice has the best sound designers in the business astoundingly see good. also mirror's edge yes they oh yeah mirror's, mirrors edge. edge has the best sound design of anything i've ever played guess what they kept it up uh the pressure that the sound exerts on you is unreal. Assuming that Battlefield Five is at least as good as Battlefield One, will you buy it, or is this just not quite your cup of tea? I I don't love it. Um, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, it kind of depends what's out at the time. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I bought I bought one kind of on a whim because I'd never played a Battlefield game before. Yeah, and that, then that's a new experience. And I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah. But I think that in many ways, with Battlefield, your first taste is probably the best. And I had 42 back in the day, and I was like, this is insane. I remember playing that on computers at, like, one of those, like... A LAN party? LAN parties, like, one of those or one of those arcades where you'd pay, like, two bucks for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. All right. Moving uh, on. So here's our last news item. Really? Already? Well, you know, I didn't want to talk all night. Okay. We got other you things to do. You didn't pages yet. Blue Hole sues Epic. Have you heard about this? Oh, they finally sued over the Battle Royale genre. So, okay. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's developed, developed by Blue Hole. Blue Hole, South Korean company. Now they have filed suit in South Korea. I don't know anything about South Korean law, unlike Canadian law, in which I'm an expert. This past week, uh, they filed a suit in Korea against Epic Games over growing concerns, that's a quote, about similarities between PUBG and Fortnite. Uh, growing so concerns. Out, out of the gate, this is some bullshit, right? Growing Yeah, concerns. it keeps getting worse. You know why I think it keeps getting worse? I got some stats I, for yeah. you. Bring it on. How many players do you think PUBG had daily in January of this year? Oh, God. I want to give you an accurate guess, but I don't have it, so I'm just going to say five. Okay. You're wrong. It uh, was hmm. 3.2 million. That's How many do you think they have daily right now? Four. You actually, percentage-wise, are incredibly off because it's 1.4 million. So they had a 50% drop in the number of players in the last five months. In April alone, Fortnite made $300 million. It's a free-to-play game. Do we think that might be why they're a little stressed? I mean, did has... 
Okay. Has Player Unknown's Battlegrounds gone? Is it on the phone? Yes. It is on phones. Okay. So it's on phones, Xbox, and computers. PC. Yeah. Fortnite is on phones and everything. And everything. But Other than the Switch, and it is now rumored that it's going to be announced for the Switch at E3. PUBG is is that free to play on phones? No. Uh maybe. I haven't looked. It's certainly not like a thirty dollar. It might be. I don't know. Fucking Square sells all their stuff for thirty bucks on the iPhone. Well, it's funny because like when I got that game for thirty bucks on the Xbox, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten my money money's worth. I I love PUBG. Great game. Really amazing. I always have fun playing really invigorating. it. I, and I feel I'm going like to say right now, I liked it more than my time with Fortnite. I think it's a much better game than Fortnite in a lot of ways. And or I Fortnite think, when we played Fortnite, which was like October of 2017. I will say this. I, I feel as though PUBG agrees more with my sensibilities than Fortnite. Ditto. And I also think that it actually is probably less agreeable to the broad audience than Fortnite. Without question. And so I think it's almost inevitable that Fortnite will be a bigger game. And Fortnite has no cost of entry, so it's inevitable that Fortnite will be a bigger game. But I have not seen anything that looked this desperate in the corporate world in a long time. This is crazy, man. This is absurd and also fodder for a lot of good diss tracks. (laughs) And if I'm at Epic, I am, like, contacting beat makers right now. What is Ian Bogos doing? I don't know, man. A hundred cows get dropped Probably onto an just island. just a game where you were given an avatar and you can dress them however you want. That's a great idea, though. Xbox Live Marketplace. I love it. Um, what do you think about this? I am very... My immediate question was, what are people buying? Like, what kind of cosmetics can you get? I And what do they for go Fortnite? for? Fortnite? That's yeah. really totally beside the point of our actual line of questioning. No, 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 no. You can but buy all sorts not. of costumes But it's not, stuff. because it is making a shit ton of money. You make... So, you, you, you put costumes on your people. So you can just get, like... But, like, what's the variety? Because I feel it's like... It's huge. Okay, so there's a large variety of costumes, so you can really detail your You're person You're a totally different person. Want. Okay, so that's that's important. I think the clearly. guns but look different. I they? think it all looks different. Okay, you can buy customized guns. That's something that's never occurred to me because I've never looked well, closely enough at the guns. You know, if you look at Dota, like Dota sells incredibly intelligent cosmetics where you can change the announcer. I know, yeah, you can, they you, have can change, like, you can change the UI. They have like a Rick and Morty announcer, yeah, you which can, is like, fuck Rick and Morty. That you can have sucks, the dude from Bastion announce your Dota games. Oh, really? Yes. Maybe I should get into Dota. Obviously. He is a, he is a, a great velvety voice. Great smoke. voice. So smooth. Yeah, smoky velvet. But that's that's kind of the direction that Fortnite is going, and it's very successful for Dota, and it doesn't fit at all into PUBG. Yeah, where, like, where cosmetics me, are and beside I, the point. Like, they do sell costumes for PUBG on the computer. Oh, that's dumb. It is. No, it's not. It's not. It's fine. It yeah, is so and it isn't, right? It is and it like, isn't. It, it's, it's all dumb. It's all dumb because it's all, it's all dumb video games, and PUBG did it first. Fine, it did it really well fine fortnite is brilliant at something and that's clearly it's marketing it's clearly and personality it's, yeah it's and got it's, it's free and it's free but it's incredibly accessible the key to PUBG's success was that you could explain it to somebody in an elevator ride and they immediately wanted to go buy it and and Fortnite, you can explain it in an elevator ride, and then you can add in fact you and can explain they it faster and because they you don't can say need to it's buy PUBG, it. but Pixar made it. With Minecraft. With Minecraft. And, and the key, though, it. is that nobody... There's no barrier to entry on it. Yeah. And then, because of that, suddenly your cheap friend goes, well, I'm not going to buy PUBG, dude. You got to play Fortnite. And it's on the PS4. And suddenly, 
even if you like Fortnite, I mean PUBG a lot, it doesn't matter because your friends are playing Fortnite. And this is like, you know, if you liked MySpace more than Facebook, you eventually said, there's no one here, so I'm not going to hang out. Like yeah. network effects are the most critical thing in these internet connected communities. And the network effects, because of the lack of cost of entry for Fortnite, make it basically insurmountable for a pay to play game. How much conquer it? How much would you pay to watch a Fortnite match in which Drake and Pusha T were going head to head? Dude, whoa! You just you just done changed the game. And somehow you'd have to give them handicaps to make sure that they were the last ones alive. I mean, I I don't know if that's a great idea. This because might be too much. I'm going to be honest with you. Pusha T is a 41-year-old man, and I don't know that he's necessarily engaged with Fortnite, but probably because everyone is. I mean, how long could it take to learn? That's a good point. An elevator ride, from what I understand. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely pay a lot to see that. What What really matters here, though, is that this is a dumbass lawsuit. It's a dumbass they're lawsuit, gonna, especially because it is lose. just in Korea. Well, so but if they win, I think it would be punitive across. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I'm sure that Epic would appeal, but it's like, what do they gain? I guess that's the question, right? Well, I mean, it depends on what's a, what they're actually suing for, and would that be would that mean that Epic is has to dismantle? I think that would be their goal. It's, is that they would ha- Epic South would Korean, have to change stuff about the game? Well, they would have to, they'd have to like at the game. very least dismantle their South Korean like servers i suppose but i don't know whether that law would end up being have international import i think that what would actually happen is that they would if this if blue hole was to win it would be on like a technicality where it would be like your hit counter looks kind of like ours or like the number of people left in the matches up in the right corner and then epic would flip it and then it would just be over you can't have a bus well like you know apple apple sued samsung and was like you guys have modified Android to make it too much like iOS because, like, Apple patented that it bounces when you get to the bottom of a scroll. Yeah. Which feels great. Yeah. Apple's very Android's, good at those little Android's touches. scroll does not feel good because they couldn't have the bounce anymore, and they just made it stop. And guess what? A lot of people still have Android phones. Like, nothing that they win here will be worth how dumb it looks to be doing this. And how much it probably costs to Yeah, do. it's just silly. Like, they might win money... But who gives a shit? Fortnite is making $300 million a month and undoubtedly growing. Let's just throw some tariffs on it and see how it goes. Great solution, man. I'm glad that you're a politician. That's really the last of our news items. That's it, dude. Did nothing else happen? Killer7 is coming out on PC. And Switch. No. Prediction. Oh, really? No, there's no, no way. They would have no. announced it. No. 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 Uh-uh. No. Um... Killer7 is coming out on PC. See our previous episode for why you should care about Killer7. Matt, have you played any video games in the last two weeks? Four um, weeks? I played two games. Hit me. The first one I just want to give a quick shout-out to uh, is a game called... Do you remember a card game called Reigns that came out a few years ago? I do not. Not card... I'm sorry. A phone game that is card-based I do not. Reigns. Okay. Reigns is a game in which you play as a king... And it's uh, essentially you get a, a deck of cards that are shuffled and they kind of randomly um, assign you problems that you have to deal with and you're managing four key resources. Cool. Which is the church, the populate, like the people and uh, your finances and your military. And if any of the various bars drop or rise too high, it'll end your reign and the next monarch takes over. So 
each card that you address is sort of like a different circumstance that you have to make a, a binary choice on, either yes or no. And that will adjust your various levels in those four mm-hmm. those four categories. It was an interesting game. It was fine. They recently released, the same team released a game called Reigns Her Majesty, which was uh, written in part, at the very least, by Lee Alexander, who used oh. to write for Game of Sutra yeah. and is a kind of a renowned game critic who's journalist, now journalist and, and has uh, moved into that, clearly like writing games as well. Probably does consulting work also. I'm assuming, yeah. It's, I mean, she's she's like of that like kind of Tim Rogers ilk in that that area, Particularly like that era, that era of, like of games game blogs writing. are a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which she, they still are. Go to zerostars.co. We haven't published a blog in a really long time. Luckily, I've been reviewed. I've already got reviews of like everything we talk about. So it's that's all true. good. Because we only talk about the same things over and over and Keep over Keep listening. <laughs> uh, anyway, Reigns, Her Majesty is a variation on Reigns that is significantly better than the original. Um, insofar as that it, it has like various updates that make some of the more... I would say irritatingly oblique aspects of the original game's quote unquote story, insofar as there is a story, it makes them a lot clearer and a lot more engaging. Um, and is also much more interesting because you are playing from a, uh, a female perspective in this sort of faux medieval world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the caretaking that you do, there's kind of a, like a larger commentary, a symbolic commentary on the sort of caretaking. Um, Anyway, it's a really interesting little phone game. I recommend it. It's uh, it's produced. Oh, it's it's a uh, published by Devolver Digital. Great, I love Devolver. Devolver is great. They do a lot of interesting stuff. Anyway, I recommend it. It's it's probably like three bucks. It's I'd recommend it to anybody who likes um, who likes kind of like interesting narrative experiments mm-hmm. and or tarot cards. That sounds awesome. I actually yeah. have two phone games to talk about. Interesting. Do you want to do one of them, and I'll do my second uh, my second game. That works for me. All right. First phone game, Cinco Paus. Oh, God. You don't like it. So this is a game that Matt... I, I don't actually dislike it. This is a game that Matt, uh, in a previous episode, sang the praises of. And I was recently on a f- plane for quite a while because I was going to uh, honeymoon in Greece. So I bought myself some Cinco Paus, and I was fired up to play my phone on the plane. And um, it's... Interesting. I think it's really cool. It is much more of a puzzle game. I feel like you're breaking up with me. <laughs> uh, I've, I like like we've had a good run, but you know, I just don't see this going anywhere. Uh, I am married now, so that makes <laughs> sense. Um, but <sighs> this game is cool. I think it's really neat. It's very much a puzzle game, um, and as Matt described it previously, you're a wizard. You're viewed from the top-down perspective in a little maze, and you kind of move one square at a turn. I believe it's an eight-by-eight grid, right? Yeah, I think so. And you give different wands that are randomly generated at the beginning of a match or level, I guess. Um, And then those wands, you don't know what they do until you use them to cast a spell, and then you learn what they do for the rest of your run. Um, and then basically you're solving a puzzle in the sense that you're trying to get to the exit of the room. There might be other prizes to get in the room and there are enemies to avoid and or kill. 
Uh, and the prizes will add to your score. Yes. It is a game in which you were trying to build your score. You're building a score on a single run, but each of the little stages is sort of a puzzle based on the tools you have. Yeah. And I think it's really neat. I just don't enjoy playing it at all. <laughs> uh, and I, it was sort of funny because I played it for quite a while because I was just on this airplane. Yeah. Um, and I would honestly recommend it's five bucks. Cinco Paus. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Portuguese I, for five bucks. Yeah. Well, also for wands. Pouse's wands is both oh, sticks and bucks. Great. So it's a great little doubling. All, yeah. the, all the language in this game is in Portuguese. Uh, yeah, so you actually have no idea what's going on. Makes which the is, barrier of entry even harder. Yeah. But sort of But you'll understand it, yes. no doubt, playing it. it you learn what all cool. the little symbols and icons mean over the course of, yeah. I really like it. I don't like playing it so much. It's interesting... I um I understand that, and I was really into it to the degree that it kind of replaced threes for me as it, my fidgety so mobile game. Playing it, I is very reminiscent of threes in the way that it works, where you can you are the determiner, like you have a turn, and you could take three years on that turn and then move, and the game will just go okay and move, and then it's st- again your turn. It's very much a puzzle game in the vein of threes. Yes, and I think that. It requires once I a got lot it, more attention, though. Once I had it, though, I was like, of course Matt likes this game. It's like threes. It's a grid that you move around slowly. And I was like, of course I hate this game. Hate is strong. I'm actually kidding. Yeah. Um, of course I don't like this game so much because I think threes is just okay. You know, it, it's just... You really think threes is only just okay? For me, personally, I think it's really, really great and well-made. Yeah. But I think that Puzzle Juice, the threes guys, oh, you think it's better? Previous game is a much better game for me because it's an it's Tetris, the greatest yeah. game of all time, mixed with Boggle, and I love words, and it's just a great game. So like, I hate words. The key here, though, is that threes and single pals, you are not you are the actor. Yeah, the game does not act upon you; you act upon it. And Puzzle Juice, and the other game I'm going to talk about later, Built in Clock. The game is taking action, and you need to respond. And just generally speaking, what I've come to realize is that I enjoy games where I have to respond very actively, much more than things that are turns. Interesting. Uh, there's probably a lot that we could get into here regarding our own personalities I and thought what this so. says about us. Um, I think that I have actually dropped off Cinco Pass for a very specific reason, which is that I got a high score that I realized I would never reach again. <laughs> Just through a fluke of wands? Through through a fluke of wands. Because and, some and of the skill, wands are very skill. powerful. Some of them are, and it's totally randomly generated whether you're going to get them or not. And there's a discussion that we could have about the randomization in threes, which I think is an asset and you think is probably... Uh, uh, I think it's an asset. I think that the randomiz- randomization in threes is much more akin to the randomization in Tetris, where it's just true. like, oh, here's a new thing to deal with, but I can always do it. There's a lo- there's much greater and significantly less fair randomization in Cinco Paus. Sometimes yeah. you are just totally you just, fucked. You're not going to have yeah. a good run. Which I like in a weird philo- philosophical sense, but I also just like, uh, from a game sense, I reached a point in which I hit a high that I would never beat. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, so I put that aside i'm going back to threes of and course because threes, threes i can always i always feel as though there is a next level so that i can get to that is exactly how i am with puzzle juice i continue to play it uh my wife continues to play it all the time it's like the only game she has on her phone um i've introduced it to other people one she of them said it ruined their marriage oh god 
God, Jesus Christ, really? Because <laughs> they, well, I gave it to them and then they, they were playing it all the time. And then their husband came up to me and was like, you really made a mistake. <laughs> there was, they're kidding. But okay, okay. I thought you meant like actually ruin their marriage. No, no. But it's just I like, it's one of those things where I think Puzzle Juice. Are you joking about divorce? Puzzle Juice is just as good as threes False. for a different group of people. I don't hot I, take. I like puzzle juice fine. I just think that I do think that like key to this is is probably the difference between between threes and and Tetris more than it is the difference yeah. between threes and puzzle but juice. But what I'm saying is that those I don't I like Tetris. I don't like the word element of puzzle juice. Oh, see, I think that it works remarkably well. I find it very hard to play games like that. The where I have to pick out words. I used to I like Boggle. I think Boggle is a good game, but I find it extraordinarily stressful when you add colors into Boggle, it just breaks me. Well, the colors actually don't matter in Puzzle Juice, but you add Tetris to Boggle. But I mean just looking at the colors yeah. makes it uncomfortable for me. Uh for those who don't know uh, and have iPhones, you should buy Puzzle Juice. It's Tetris, but when you make a row, that row turns into letters, and then you have to play Boggle with the row. Alternatively, you could buy Threes, which is potentially the greatest game of all time. See my article on ZeroStars.co. Now that I'm married, I have time to write. Is Threes the greatest game of all time? <laughs> I will write a review of Puzzle Juice. Um, anyway, should I talk about my other game, which is not on mobile? Please do. Um, I've been playing Doom again, oh, the 2016 good. Uh, reboot, reimagining, just retitling the Doom. The Doom, it's uh, great by id. None of the original Doom team is on it, I presume, but it is so true to the original spirit, spirit, um, in aesthetic and and gameplay. Doom 2016 is an excellent game. You can probably buy it for about twenty bucks almost anywhere. You should buy it. You should, for except for on the Switch. Anywhere. So I want to talk about this in a second. Is First the Switch of all, bad? No, it's more money on the Switch. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that, like, this is an excellent game. It runs at 60 frames per second, which feels so good. It is slick. It is, you were just, like, moving. I've gotten very good at it. Um, it is such a satisfying combination of Twitch and strategy that, and, like, keeping keeping a, room, a, a space in your head, it, you become so good at keeping a space in your head and keeping track of where various things are in that space. I mean, it's the opposite of Syncopaus in that regard. That's it. It's it, I like Doom because it is a game that is pushing Immedi against me. Is immediately reactionary, and I understand that, and I think that I enjoy that maybe on the bigger screen or when there are Twitch controls involved. Mm -hmm. uh, this is... I don't really have a whole lot more to say that, like, hasn't been said. People should get Doom. It's a very good game. Check it out. Like, yeah, it's... It is supremely satisfying. I also really, in the second playthrough, have really enjoyed seeking... Finding the secrets. All the various secrets that are kind of hidden in the world are very cleverly hidden and in a very enjoyable way. And I've... I've truly kind of like grown to love this aspect of games that I'm usually like blase about. Like usually I'm not that interested in finding like whatever hidden collectibles are there. This game I feel very differently and I really enjoy finding the hidden collectibles because it, this game's architecture, like literal architecture is always so consistently enjoyable and spaces fit inside of other spaces so satisfyingly. I feel like the closest analogy level design wise to the new Doom is Tony Hawk. Yes. Oh, I had never thought of that. That is an excellent, excellent analogy. Yeah. That's very, you have a very self satisfied <laughs> smile, as you should, because that is an excellent analogy. That's, but I, I, I was just thinking about that because yeah. I was like, what other games have I ever enjoyed getting collectibles in? 
and it's definitely Tony Hawk. And it's like, why? Because they built the whole level around putting collectibles in it and allowing you to chain your movement through it. Yes. And that's all that Doom is. And then they also put demons in it, and you get to blow them apart with a shotgun. It is, it is impossible to overstate how satisfying it is. The, the, the frictiveness of the, the movement weapons in and this the movement. game. The, the grab to climb, like when you miss a jump but just make it, feels. I don't know. It's it's amazing. Excellent use of like slight magnetics. Yes. Oh, the whole game feels like every single element is tilted from like there, if there's a a meter that goes from reality to fun, every single one is bumped a quarter of the way towards fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're always just fudging everything so that you have a better time. But never diminishing the difficulty. One of my favorite no. things about this game is that the difficulty is on um almost every single difficulty setting, it is finely tuned. Yes, it will fun. challenge you. Good game. But it will never cease to be fun. No doubt. Um, so what was your other mobile game? I talked some game about uh, a game called Alto's Odyssey a while yeah. back. Yeah, I remember. That's with a, a dog that has to race through No, the that's North Balto's Pole. Odyssey. Oh, my mistake. Close. Um, so Alto's Odyssey is a game where you're like a snowboarder, skier guy uh, in a tiny wings-esque side-scrolling downhill thing right you were relatively meh on it if i recall i was uh it's very pretty it's on ios and you just kind of start the level you're just sliding from the left to the right and there are obstacles and you jump them and you're going down this hillside that has little peaks and valleys and you try to do tricks off of the jumps right Mm -hmm. totally makes sense the only thing that you do in the game is press the screen you press it once they jump that's it one button and I thought it was not that great because the sense of speed's kind of like, uh, and it wasn't tiny wings and blah. Uh, once I got a little bit bored of Cinco Paus and realized it wasn't for me, I realized I still had this game installed and I started playing it. And it's terrific. I, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Um, and here's why. I, How much did you play of it last time? So I played it for probably like 20 minutes before that. Okay. And I, bu- I bounced off of it. Here's why. This game is one of the worst examples of like over tutorialization and like the game is desperate to like explain itself to you uh, because it's like press a button to like make somebody jump. Yes. Which is why it is absurd that they fail to introduce the coolest mechanic until later, which is you eventually if you are playing it on a long airplane ride for too long, earn a new uh, snowboard that lets you wall ride Tony Hawk style on different things in the environment and you gain speed during it. So you jump, you press the button to jump and then you hold when you hit one of these walls. All right, that sounds pretty cool. Feels great. The whole game, they should have just had them in the environment and let me realize that I could have done it yeah. and I would have thought it was the greatest game out of the gate. But they're constantly like pausing and being like, you can jump through a pot and gain some coins. Try it. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not playing this game regardless. Dude. Do you think I would like it? Oh, I think it's a really phenomenal game. The problem is that the ramp to get to the amazing part is like probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Like I was right on the edge of it and just stopped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not clear that it's going to happen. But then once you're there, it's a very, very good game. I still like Tiny Wings more, but this game is a worthy competitor to tiny wings but tiny wings is such a meditative game is this a meditative game a little bit okay it's very pretty uh 
I mean, prettiness doesn't. But like the day, that. the day is just changing behind you, and, and mm. you just play it. It's good. That's Anyways, nice Alto's Odyssey. I would recommend Tiny Wings above it, but it's a good game. I want to return to a moment to mobile games um, and mention another game that was read on the site. Maybe your favorite mobile game of all time is Desert Golf, right? Yeah, I played that too. Desert Golf, though, is not a game that pushes against you necessarily, is it? I would say that that is a game like three. That's a very good point. That uh, and it's just something to meditate on, and also maybe pick up Desert Golf because I say that if what's, I, our, what's our what's your holy trinity of of mobile games? I legitimately think that Desert Golf is the best mobile game ever made, and that c- kind of could be made. But my games are Desert Golf, Tiny Wings. Puzzle Juice. Okay. Mine would be um, Threes, obviously, Desert Golf, and the adaptation of Resident Evil 4 for the iPhone. Which is not very good, but it is Resident Evil 4. But it is Resident Evil 4. Nice. Uh, What's your favorite thing this week that was not video games? So um, there's been a lot of news while you were in Greece um, about the author Philip Roth dying. Yes, he died. He died. That was the main part of the news. Congestive heart failure. It'll get you. Um, Philip Roth is a writer who was equally... He made the Hostel films. (laughs) (laughs) Famous for the Hostel films and Cabin Fever. (laughs) Um, Equally obsessed with breasts as Eli Roth would be. (laughs) Literally, actually, Eli Philip Roth, Roth does have a famous book just author. called The Breast, in which a character turns into a giant breast. There are some good covers for that book, which I recommend you look up, very 70s. Yeah, I actually, I have I have one of them. I know. <laughs> um, Philip Roth died anyway, and, like, he's... <laughs> <laughs> um, Someone who like is as 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 worthy of praise as he is of criticism. A very interesting figure in American letters, without a doubt. Um, and I've enjoyed some of his books, and and also felt really weird about some of his books. Mm. And similar with some of the film adaptations. But what it actually brought to mind was a novel that I just read several months ago um, called Asymmetry by Lisa Halliday. Okay. Um, a portion of this novel, the plot of which I'm not really going to try and get into, is uh, concerned with a young woman's relationship with an older writer who is very clearly Philip Roth. Uh, this is well known because Lisa Halliday herself, the author, had a had a relationship with Philip Roth. Um, it all lines up. It does. It's an it's an incredibly it's a, it's it's a very interesting novel in form and substance, I would say. It is true to its title, basically asymmetrical insofar as it has two stories, two linked novellas almost within it um, that are that seemingly have nothing to do with each other until they slowly reveal themselves to be very integrally linked. And it's a sort of very fascinating reveal, gradual reveal, and extremely satisfying and just shockingly, shockingly well-written. Um, it's part of what the New York Times has termed the new vanguard, which is a collection of like 13, 14 books exclusively by women that have been released cool. within the past 10 years. And um, it's on there along with uh, books like Americana mm. and The Vegetarian and a lot of um, other really, and the uh, Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan novels, a lot of other, you know, rightfully praised books. Um, and this is, very singular. It's her, it's her debut novel, and it's very singular and very specific in its goals. And I find it fascinating, especially because it is very much a book that asks the question of what should 
a person be writing? What should they be allowed to write necessarily? And how well can somebody write beyond their cultural confines? Oh, that is a, that's an incredibly interesting question. And it is, it's a very... In any field. In any field, certainly. And this um, addresses it head on. It is also just an... Inc- it's, just, it's a very impressively produced piece of writing. Nice. Uh, I would recommend it. It should be in, actually out in paperback pretty soon, too. But I definitely I'd recommend it either way. Cool. What was your favorite thing? Uh, you might have heard about a rap beef <laughs> uh, involving diss tracks All right. between Pusha T and Drake, a noted child actor. This would be a, a roast beef? Uh, yeah, I think so. In or... which people were roasted? Yes. I, which... I will, I'll tell you this much. Uh, that Pusha T diss track. Whew. I just heard it recently. <sighs> it is fire. <sighs> Authentic. It is, it is. I am nothing if not authentic. Out of control. It is, whoa. It's very good. Um, set that all aside. Yeah. Um, the actual record that Pusha T put out uh, like a week and a half ago. This, the dist- this track is not on Not it, on though. the record. Okay. Came out like two days later because okay. the, the last song on the record itself, seven song record, it's like 27 minutes. It was entirely produced by Kanye West. Set that aside, too, if you need to, because mm. this is a bunch of sick-ass raps about dealing cocaine, and it is terrific. It is so good. The beats, I hate to admit it, are uniformly monstrous. They are great. Uh, Pusha T is an incredible rapper, and I really, really just love this record. The last song on this record has a little dig at our boy Drake on it, and then Drake released a diss track. Uh, and oh. then Pusha T came back <laughs> so much oh. harder than anyone could have anticipated and really uh, burned down the building. So that's where that started. But the record itself, it's called Daytona. Uh, I believe it is a reference to the Rolex watch of the same model is uh, really tremendous and totally worth checking out. Outside of that, I got nothing else. Nothing else? That's it, man. No diss tracks to lay down? Well, you know what? I actually wanted to say one thing. <laughs>